pleasure. Uh, nice to be with you. So why do you say that it's not precedent-setting and that it has no bearing on the total tolling system itself? <laughs> well, because, first of all, I mean, that, that headline or what they're saying, there's no judgment, there's no judge that ruled that e-tolling is, is uh, lawful, that, I mean, the, the, the company involved was never in court with Sanwell. All that's happened here is that Sanwell last year sent out 6,000 summonses and and what, what companies or individuals need to do is when they get a summons, they need to either go and pay um, or they need to defend it. They need to give notice of intention to defend. Now, mm. many people gave notice of intention to defend. We did, certainly for all our members. A number of people never got those summonses. Some of them might have got summonses and done nothing about it. And if you don't give notice of intent to defend a summons, well, then you do stand liable for a for Sandwell to come in and put in a claim for a default judgment. In other words, you've done nothing to defend yourself, therefore you owe me this money. Um, that's that's the normal course of any, any process of this nature. So what happened in this instance, and we've spoken with the individual concerned, is they never got the summons. And, uh, and, and so there was nothing for them to defend as far as they were concerned. They have no knowledge of the summons and, and, uh, and they weren't in court. So now Sanwell has gone and got a default judgment against them. That's a default judgment. This is not a judge ruling in Sanwell's favor on the lawfulness of e-tolling. What makes us more disingenuous on Sanwell's behalf, um, and really concerning to Arthur is that we have a test case underway. Uh, with an agreement with Sanwell on a matter. Now, can you imagine at the latter part of this year when that test case gets to court and the legality of e-tolling is thrown out? In other words, it's not unlawful not to pay. What Sanwell are trying to do now is prove or make this claim that, that that's a precedent-setting judgment. It isn't. Uh, and, and in that case, they might have pushed businesses or individuals over the edge into liquidation as a result of them trying to get default judgment. Okay. That is shocking. That is not a good place for any country to so, be in. So give us the details of this test case and how it would materially differ from this default judgment. Well, the default judgment was just nobody defending it. The test case is we are in court proving to a judge why the ETOL matter is an unlawfully introduced matter. Uh, so you must remember now, we go back to 20, 2008, um, when the decision was made to toll uh, the public engagement process. Did the minister apply his mind? All of those factors, by the way, were argued in the Western Cape tolling matter. Uh, Sanro lost that case, both in the High Court, in the Supreme Court, and the Constitutional Court, on issues very similar to the stuff that we'll be arguing in, in the uh, courts when this matter is brought to court. The only difference between that case and the Western Cape and this one is the roads were already built here and the toll gantries were put up. So the courts allowed for the public to bring a what we call a collateral challenge. That's where we are right now. Collateral challenge is a defensive challenge. It means here we are, we're not paying e-tolls, and we can go to court and defend ourselves. That hasn't happened in this, de- in this default judgment. It's a default judgment. It's got nothing to do with the lawfulness okay, of the Okay, but now uh, Professor Marinus Vichas says that um, the reason this is precedent setting is because mm. the burden of proof was on Sunral and the High Court clearly was satisfied with the proof Sunral submitted to justify a ruling in its favour. So uh, you say your legal experts would disagree with this? 
I disagree with it because there was no judge judging this. This is a register of the courts seeing Sanral presents itself, presents its case. It says there's all the ETARs that we've sent to this person. By the way, it was a simple summons. It was erroneous in that it said ETAR started on the 14th of August 2013. It didn't. It started in December. By the way, there are many, many errors on those simple judgments. The sad reality is that this individual never even received that summons and couldn't defend themselves. So it's not precedent setting on the lawfulness of tolling. It's just a default judgment where somebody never took the opportunity to defend themselves. Mm. We have done that. We have sent notices so many individuals out there sent notice of intention to defend. The question we've got to ask Sanral is why haven't they taken any of those people to court who have given notice of intention to defend? We said we will defend every one of our members' cases, 152 of them. It is their it was the decision now to say, do we go to 152 cases or do we have one test case? They agreed with us that a test case makes sense. I mean, even the deputy judge president doesn't want his courts clogged up with 152 cases, which are all going to be very similar. That process is underway. Right now, our lawyers and their lawyers are um, sending papers to each other to develop this case. And we want to file our plea as soon as we get final documents from them, which we need in order to in order to uh, put our plea forward. And then they'll have a response, and we'll have our, our final replies to that. That that takes a while, but we imagine it's going to come to court towards the end of this year. We want that case to happen as soon as possible to stop this behaviour of Sanrat.